Skunk it. I watched there was a video on my Facebook feed I guess it's like the anniversary of Robin Williams dying I just watched a little video about Robin Williams and now I'm real sad but (laughs) we'll power ahead (laughs) we'll power through I don't think it is I think it was more later in the year I don't know I think I'm pretty sure it was because I think I always so did I just needlessly watch a video (laughs) that Robin Williams is still dead because I'm pretty sure I was flat hunting and I would have been flat hunting um, uh, after like summerish yeah so I'm pretty sure it's summer. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, can I clear the air a bit? Because it can be cut with a knife. Because it is quite... A it's, a, it's thick. It's definitely... It's hard to see in here. Because there's been some things thrown around. <laughs> some sentences. Some statements. Harsh words exchanged. For example, that I like the Phantom Menace. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Let's take, a, let's take a look yourself. at that sentence. That is not... When I say I like The Phantom Menace, I mean I like it the best out of the three prequel movies. Which means, out of three very, very bad movies, in my opinion, it's the least bad of the three of them. Not that it's a good film. Never thought that. It's not a good film. I just think it's the most bearable one. Because we just finished it. Yeah. And you were like, thank fuck that's over. And I was like, I didn't feel that length at all. I feel like we've been sitting here for about half an hour. I guess my problem is, is I hate all three of them. And I know I'm not controversial in that opinion, but... See, this was why I was definitely... This is why I was thinking about doing a Star Wars one. Especially prequels. Was because I was like, what do we have to say Mm. that hasn't already been said? I guess our originality in this comes from the fact our structure encourages one of us to defend it. So I'm really intrigued for you to come up with good points because they have been mm. torn apart to shit. Uh, you like read, we obviously, everyone, like it, like most people are aware of the red letter media deconstruction of it yeah. part by part. Um, so this is different in the fact that you want to say good things about it. And I'm going to tell tr- you how wrong you are. I want to tr- not, tr- like, because I don't want to do the whole... Oh yeah, like the, the the lightsaber battles are so. Oh my god, they're so quick. Like, not like that. I, and again, it's not a good film by any stretch of the imagination. This is, it's what I need to hit home. This is not me being like it's a good movie. This is me saying, say you're given three plates of shit, <laughs> and they're like you have to choose one of them to eat. You have to eat shit from one of these three plates. Say there's like dog. Cat, horse. Oh, I can't wait for you to decide what plate is. I would go with cat right. because cat, cat would cat be the shit is quickest, your favorite kind of shit. No, it would be the easiest to eat. I think <laughs> that's what Star Wars: The Phantom Menace is. It's a plate of cat shit. You have... sitting between plates of dog and horse. You shit. heard it here. Scott likes cat shit. Can we get that on the DVD cover? <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we get that on the Blu-ray release? My I understand your point, but my thing is I don't even sure if it's the best prequel. Okay, you think three? Mm, I guess you know you don't think three. two. Fucking I god, guess, no. I guess 
Like I, it's I think it's really hard to have a like even a preference between the three of them. I guess it is the third one I would prefer the most. I guess like, it's been a long time since I've all seen like the other two. Um, the third one at least it gets to shit. Let me tell you my grievance. Let me tell you my general Your grievance. Yes! <laughs> With the third movie. Thank you, audience. It's that fucking thing where everybody just seems to like it because it's darker. But darker doesn't... It doesn't equal a good movie. No. I don't like the third one more because it's darker. I just think, like... Because I, I wouldn't even say I like it. It's hard. I couldn't even sit here and justify why the third one I think is the best one. I just think because it, it's the one that ends up, it ends the story. Maybe that's why I like it. Because now the shit shows ties over. everything up in a neat like because you would. It's it's got more going on than this one, which is unbelievably pointless in the grand scheme of everything else. And you're supposed to be defending it. <laughs> What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I am your host, Danny Jones, and with me, Darth Moe himself, Scott Morrison. At last we will record a podcast about a movie that's been talked to death. At last we will have revenge. <laughs> it's my Darth Maul. Thanks, man. Um, we take a, uh, a classic film that's either... Um, hated or um, applauded and one of us has to attack it and one of us has to defend it. Applauded was an odd choice. <laughs> I don't know what... I, I usually Revered? Have. Revered? I don't think I usually say revered. No, I don't know what you say. I, I say something that... You say loved or hated, don't you? Loved or hated, do I? Yeah. Guess so. You're overthinking it. Get into it. <laughs> Phantom Menace. Who the fuck's listening to this that hasn't seen The Phantom Menace? I guess, like, but been... just, just for people who haven't seen it for a while, The Phantom Menace... Um, is a very over-political story about two Jedi who have to make some sort of agreement with, with happen between two parties. Uh, a war this a very, triggers. This is even vaguer than the movie. Save yeah. the queen, but they meet this young boy who has to help them escape the planet by winning a pod race. And then once they escape the planet, they go back to fight the people on the, the other planet that like they they try to take over the world they make an alliance they fight they win la 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 everyone kills themselves before the second one so we don't have to see if, it if this if I hadn't seen it I'd be none the wiser that was atrocious I, do, I don't really atrocious. know atrocious I don't know what the, would you do a fucking summary I'm not going to do a summary no everybody's idea. fucking seen I the fan no idea about this like what this film's really about well the the trade federation are trying to stop trade from going to Naboo I don't know why something to do with taxes so they send some droids down there to fuck shit up the Jedi roll up they're like whoa we're gonna it was bad they save the queen because they need the queen's signature the the trade federation need the queen's signature to make the invasion legal which I don't fully understand but <laughs> whatever I'm not I'm not a politics boy so then they get they rescue the queen they're trying to get back to Coruscant, which is, you know, their political hub. Buddy ship. Oh, it's not doing so good. They land on Tatooine. They meet Anakin Skywalker. Some hijinks ensue. Pod racing. They get the part to the ship. And then 
They go, yeah, you can't really summarize the plot. Can no, it's just you, can, you have to go. say everything. You don't have you? to say everything. Because I was like, oh, there's become... got to be a point where I can stop and be like, and then they have to do this. But like, there's not that no. kind of. It's a it's a strange broken up story where like ev- there's so many sections of things they have to do, and hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily make for a bad film. I mean, it'd be hard to summarize the Dark Knight in something like a, uh, in like a few sentences, but. Uh... I reckon I can do it. Go on. Well, they, you know, Batman, Batman's man, Batman, you know Batman. I'm familiar with his work. Yeah. I prefer his first albums. (laughs) (laughs) The Bat Dance by Prince. That was a good one. Um, You put me on the spot. Batman has to, he's cleaned up the city, but then this new guy, the Joker, it's coming in and he's like, hey, I'm not having any of that. It's bloody... Yeah, you're right. It's, it's hard. I probably could, but... But, like, it, that, that, my point is it doesn't make it a bad film. It just... Um, that On that on its own. But, like, it is a very hard story to summarise. A lot happens for just one film. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the, the way it progresses, though, in that way? Do you think... That, <laughs> well, do you think... we spoke about when we were watching it that, like, the first half of the film in fact i'd say the first three quarters are all about them getting transport to places to various places so the opening they've got to get a track they've got to find get a transport from the trade federation ship to the planet of naboo then they have to get transport from the gungan city on naboo to the human city on naboo then they have to find transport to get from naboo to coruscant but the ship obviously run you know it's fucked up so they have to land on Tatooine. Then they have to spend the time on Tatooine trying to find transport to get from Tatooine to Coruscant. Only when they finally get to Coruscant is the great saga of finding transport <laughs> finally concluded. That's what this movie's about. Aye. Two guys need a fucking ride to Coruscant and they'll do whatever they can. <laughs> so The Phantom Menace is a road trip film. It's a road movie. It's a planes, trains and automobiles. It's a Star Wars sex universe. trip. <laughs> I prefer my reference. That's a movie, I think. It's Juno. I prefer my reference. <laughs> you know what? That's fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> I was quite proud of Sex Drive. I've never seen it. Of course I haven't. Um, not that I'm better than Sex Drive. If you like Sex Drive, more power to you, huh? I've not like seen it. it. I'm a judgy boy. <laughs> um, no, like it's so much of it is about transport. Um because like the whole point of the original Star Wars films was kind of the smaller story within the bigger um, bigger like yeah bigger bigger world in the bigger world so like the whole point of Star Wars was that there's this whole war happening but you see it through the eyes of these smaller these people who are doing um, doing these various things Mm -hmm. and so I guess that is what he's trying to do because it's a smaller story but like but while the biggest I think story he happens. was, I think he was trying to, you know, because the the last the older Star Wars is it's very much good versus evil. I think what he was trying to do was set things in a more modern context, where especially right now the kind of lines of good and evil are a bit blurred in politics. I feel like that's what he was kind of trying to get at. So it is a more messy film. It's not quite as black and white. You know, 
I understand. I understand that, like, that idea of trying to make it ambiguous. But I still feel like, I guess... Not ambiguous, just a bit more... It's like everyone's a bit shady. Aye. Who's on whose side? Like, who is the bad guy directly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I I can see that from the perspective i feel like the pol- politics is way too much though it's too it's too hard to grasp i Aye. think even like this was the first time i'd seen it in a long time but for the first kind of few minutes i was like right i really want to try and f- pay attention and figure out exactly what this plot is and like it is tough especially since these movies are apparently made for children Aye. that's what he says anyway that's how he tries to defend the fact that nobody likes them is like there are four kids it's like you try teaching a fucking five-year-old about <laughs> trade taxa- taxation of trade federation routes, like they're gonna fucking that really loud blinking noise, like <laughs> at you, like that's gonna be their response. Um, yeah. So like, it's hard to it's hard to care. I think that's the main problem. Yeah. Because like, because you don't understand it, it's tough to get invested. Because the political dramas I, I I can get involved in. I can watch political dramas. That's yeah. what I said I mentioned in the film. I like I like something like House of Cards. I do like political stuff. But House of Cards is so grounded in obviously it's grounded in our reality. Aye. This is space. But like even then I don't understand the American pol- um, political system perfectly and it's House of Cards is about the American political system and like they do find a way to make it like just about understandable. I mean, it's for an adult audience mm. rather than Star Wars, but they can still find it about understandable so that you can watch House of Cards, you can get the gist. Almost like in House of Cards, they'll go, look, this is all the political stuff, but this is what we need to do at the end of the day. Like, we need to convince the uh, Congress uh, to vote for this uh, section or to amend this section of a bill. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is convince this guy to agree with us. Yeah. And that's, that's what we need. Yeah. Whereas this one you kind of you I'm so ambiguous what everyone's trying to achieve mm, I'm so doing. confused of what what's the point it's not it just all. that case of empire bad rebels good because it's not just about the trade federation because it's because it's not because like house of cards is based on the american political system but this is a combination of some sort of combination of alliance of the monarchies uh of chancellors yeah, the kind of eu like it's all just very mm-hmm political um uh being combined with like a religious organization like the jedi mm. um so it's all coming together to make this political system that you it's really strange to watch mm. and like that would be cool if they simplified it enough mm. that you didn't have to learn it you didn't have to learn what all because the, i don't i don't think they give you maybe the problem is is they don't give you enough information to um understand the political system inside out but they also don't give you the like smallest amount of information you need. In like, if the film was like, all we need to do is get the Queen to sign this, and that will stop the um, stop this trade federation thing happening. Maybe you could have had a simplest political film. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the po- politics is, that's a thing that's like adds depth to the world when I'm watching this film. But all I need to know is that we need to get this thing done in order to pol- um, to win politically. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely far too... Because I don't even fully... I don't fully believe that George Lucas really got it. Yeah. When he first wrote it. I think it was... It's a bit mumbo-jumbo. Yeah. Like, it is nonsense. So it seems like nonsense. And I'm always like, maybe it's because I don't care enough. Maybe I don't pay Definitely, attention. yeah. I think it just... It loses you so quick, Like, so quickly. The, the bit we talked about when the film opens is when 
there's you know the qui-gon and obi-wan they're sitting in the room at the table waiting for the two viceroys to come in and they send a draw they're like oh we're not gonna go in we'll send the droid in and the droid goes in and like that feels like it should be a really tense moment because you know the jedi should be a bit on edge like what the fuck's happening but instead they're just kind of sitting they're just chilling they're having a wee drink hmm. and it's just like this isn't how tension is built this isn't how films are made no. <laughs> maybe because they they well, the, what the film maybe does is it cuts to the people that they're there to meet and these are two really uncomfortable asian stereotypes That's very uncomfortable. Yeah, he, george lucas feels like it feels like george lucas thinks he can get away with all these stereotypes by making them aliens they still feel really uncomfortable um you cut to them and they're like well we'll kill the jedi and then they come back to the Jedi, and you're, you, maybe that kills the tension. Maybe what should have happened is they should have stayed with the Jedi. And as they come in, they're relaxed. They're going to drink something, and then they start to notice things. Hang on a mm. second, that seems a bit weird. This seems a bit weird. Why hasn't they come to meet us? Do you feel uncomfortable by this situation? Yeah. And then you build up tension that way. It doesn't feel like it's made by a filmmaker. It, it doesn't, and it doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. Like I kept, we kept kind of having to remind ourselves that we were watching mm. a film that was set in that universe because it feels yeah. so removed from everything else. Which I wouldn't maybe be the biggest problem because, like, it is—it almost is a different world actually in that sense. Like, it's it's before the Empire took over. Yeah. So it could be interesting to make it a different world, a more integrated world, a more one that's more. Um, uh, just like um, more like um, united, perhaps um, in the sense that there's these um, you're united by these dubious political alliances and stuff. Maybe you could do that and make it interesting, but I don't know. It doesn't just because mm. I I do think that if the story was just better and more concise, that would be a really cool world to explore in mm. films. Like I really really hope that somebody has like Disney eventually has the balls to be like we should make a film in the prequel universe. Because I think, like, say what you will about the fucking story, like, it's garbage, but the world building in it's really good. And the designs are really good. I feel like the world building as a concept is where George Lucas has made it's all kind of, of his yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. He's not... I don't think he's ever been the best filmmaker. Mm. Because even in the original Star Wars um, trilogy, the... Like the best one, um, Empire Strikes Back, is directed by someone else. Yeah. But what about? I mean, American Graffiti is good, and so is, is it THX Thirty. See, I've not 11. seen that. Like, one. Like those are both really, really well-made films. Okay. So I don't think it's fair to write him off as a bad filmmaker. He also made the first Star Wars, hmm. which is a pretty yeah. landmark achievement. I just think, I think it was that issue of he was given, and it's been fucking said to death, is he was given free reign of everything. Aye. No one was there to question him. So what he said went. So I think it just, I think if he had just had some more people around him and be like, hey, maybe this fucking weird politics shit, maybe just reel it in a bit and fucking make this more understandable for the, I mean, air quotes, the, the children audience that we're apparently <laughs> trying to appeal to. Aye. Um... Yeah, someone else like just on that on that kind of tangent of he was trying to make it, you know, the the political mo the modern political setting. I think we were talking about as well with the the midi chlorians. That's a big thing. No one's a fan of in it. 
Just take this magical thing and ruin it. Ruin it. I was wondering, do you think that was his effort to take a religious thing and give, like a spiritual and religious thing and give it a more scientific explanation? Because that's also where the culture was kind of heading at that time, where people were, you know, less and less people were kind of invested in religion more and more people were getting more invested in science. Do you I, think that I see. was a kind of... I see. Because like, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good no, it's, thing. But I'm wondering if that if that's the reason for it. I understand. So you like the, the attempt to make Star... To keep Star Wars contemporary. Yeah. To not make Star Wars a relic of its time of the 70s. Because, you know, I guess all... You film, film mirrors reality. Yeah. Especially science fiction. Aye. So, like, that's pretty much the whole point of kind of science fiction and genre films is to make statements about the state of our world in this fictional universe where you can just do and say anything and it's I, I completely understand i guess it the media chlorians is the is a point of like it's ca- like it's the point of something far the far bigger problem with the prequels mm. and is that the ambiguity in the original star wars film kind of feels like like it's one of those things where the audience would make up uh, what the audience could imagine is not going to be what the prequel aligns with. Everyone's going to have their own interpretation because when um, Ben Kenobi in the original explains some of the backstory, even briefly, even mentions the Clone Wars, it feels like no one's ever going to be... He's, what everyone imagined was never going to be fully realised because that's an impossible task. Mm-hmm. And with all that ambiguity, one of that one of the factors of that ambiguity is what is the force, and like whatever explanation it would be would never be like as good as what you could yeah, what ambiguously you... imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's just magic. It's just magic. Yeah, yeah, like the the Star Wars is the original Star Wars trilogy is about space wizards. Yeah, like it kind of isn't trying space wizard samurais. Yeah, um, it'd be like if Harry Potter tried to explain magic. It's magic away. Yeah, it'd be just. It's just. It's not necessary. You already have people on your side with it. Um, but I get what you mean to try and keep it scientific, and maybe. Do you because... think it's because as well they were meant to be a more modern society? That they they're like oh we we understand what the force is but then obviously with the with the kind of extinction of the Jedi, the force becomes this magical uh, mysterious ambiguous yeah that's that's fair because that's an interesting idea, the idea that they had a more understanding of what the force was when it was a more structured society, mm. and now it's kind of just like, yeah just like survived thing that people can control but not really understand that would be a really that'd be a a cool thing if it weren't for the fact. In the prequel, you have to understand what that origin is, and it's kind of a, a bit of a strange one. I mm. don't know. It's, it's maybe for something that's supposed to be like a Western samurai sci-fi films. It kind of feels maybe too scientific. Maybe yeah. too. It kind of tears you out of that fantasy land and makes you think of a, a scientist in a lab coat with a uh, lab coat with a microscope looking at the force mm. kind of it's a strange sort of jarring mm. mix becomes a like a, a, a an almost sterile environment which Aye. i think is the main problem with those three movies is just nothing feels natural at all like nothing none of the there's no moment of dialogue in all three of them that sticks out as this actually feels like two human beings talking as mm. opposed to two people on a stage. 
Yeah. Oh, it's all very, it all feels very theatre. Mm. Some of, uh, but not even good theatre. <laughs> not even good theatre. It's strange. Like theater. no one is. Put, people always say you McGregor. I think he maybe in the second and third one. The first one, first I, he's one, no. just as bad as everybody else. No, no, no. Yeah. First one, uh, you and McGregor is he isn't like he isn't able to pull it off. But when he gets into the second and third, he's he's he doesn't pull off George Lucas's dialogue because that's an impossible thing. <laughs> um, but he makes it more convincing. Maybe because he has a, a slight self awareness of himself. He mm. has like almost a. He is. He's like he's a character who's invested in a plot, but he's also got a humor about him that you're yeah. like that kind of works whereas Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first in this film doesn't have that he doesn't really have that humour he barely has screen time and, mm-hmm. and in that screen time he doesn't really have that humour one of the things I've brought up to you when we were watching it is in the end when Mace Windu's like there's always bloody two Siths mate there's always you get your master and you got your apprentice and in the original films there was Sidious and there was Darth Vader but that was just because they're the only two left surely yet and it feels that statement feels just reactionary to the older movies where it's like oh well that's the way it was in the older movies that's just the way the sith are there is a lot of it um the way the sith and the jedi are portrayed is because of how it was portrayed in the older one Mm. i really like watching the prequels i really detest that they're the jedi are dressed as like monks Monks, yeah like i really um and it's been something that's been said a few times but it's just a real point of contention where i always like the idea that um oh when Ben Kenobi um, was in the desert looking after Luke Skywalker. He was just wearing what would blend in rather than Jedi uniform. Mm-hmm. And I really like the idea that when they, he describes him as Jedi Knights, you could think back to what would be your ideal prequel trilogy and they would be in like armor. They would be knights. Yeah. like Because they're based on samurais. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't the prequel trilogy portray him as like samurai knights? Yeah, they're all Make just a... rocking about dressed like they're in the desert. Ah, <laughs> because like if you were an organization and you were very influential, why wouldn't you then take your Jedi knights and put them in protective armor and where this is how, this is the best way to fight. This is um, this is Jedi at its peak. Look how much stronger than they, they are than even Luke and Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. They're um, they like they have powerful lightsabers. They have full out armor. They're like space. They I'm sh- like doesn't it feel like George Lucas missed a step by um, c- not creating a samurai space armor? Like that seems something George Lucas would love to do. Yeah, he, f- he loves Hidden Fortress and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Feels like he's entirely missed a step, and that would be a really cool thing to see and see like what. Um, someone like Obi-Wan Kenobi would, was like when he had the Jedi cancel on yeah. his side and why someone like the Empire would want rid of him because they're f- like such this influential thing but they feel so bogged down by politics and so boring uh, monk-like <laughs> monk. they even yeah. have like they're not allowed to well, I can't they're not allowed it. to have sex they're not allowed to have sex they're dressed in monk clothes yeah. no matter where they are um, I never like it just seemed like they were more of uh, a force to be reckoned with rather than a people that meditate all the time and contemplate mm. and they're, they're not they don't feel it feels like they should be impartial but they're not they i felt like they had a strong when you they described them in the original trilogy they had a stronger influence a stronger standhold mm. I no i i agree i think it is heat when he what yeah it's just not as grand as you imagine it <clears throat> 
when you hear Obi-Wan describe it in the original films, it's just very, like, monks. I mean, it's fucking boring. <laughs> Aye. There's so, yeah, you could just imagine it's so much of a grand organisation with so much pride. So here's the thing I was just thinking. What, how I was saying, like, do you think the midichlorians was an effort to bring it out of kind of religious and make it more scientific? Someone that totally backpedals that opinion is Anakin Skywalker in this movie. Immaculately conceived Anakin Skywalker. Gonna save the galaxy, Anakin Skywalker. He's a prophecy, Anakin Skywalker. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. Well, he's, he's space Jesus. Jesus. He's yeah. space Jesus. Which but... is really fucking stupid because Darth Vader, in the grand scheme of that plot in the originals, wasn't that important. He was important to Luke's personal struggle. Ah. In the grand scheme of things, though, <clears throat> wasn't important at all. But George Lucas feels the need to turn him into the center of the universe. It's all about Anakin. And I hate it. I know. I it's hate awful. when he's fucking immaculately conceived. I hate that it's the fucking prophecy. Because prophecies are the fucking backbone of every terrible movie that's I, ever been made. Well, that's. Uh, we. It was. Um, we were thinking about this because I always thought um, the, the, Matrix the chosen off. one was. Well, the Matrix, because yeah. remember, Neo was one um, rearranged. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was the Matrix, but then Star Wars, and, uh, and they were both the same, the year, same both year, 1999. Yeah. So I reckon Matrix, Star Wars, um, Punch started the um, this popularity obsession, and probably the series that cemented it was Harry Potter. It's this really... Mm. Um, it's really just weak idea that... It's all it's fantasy fulfillment. It's fantasy fulfillment that you can think of the character and you can go, yeah, maybe if that person's the chosen one and everyone has to backpedal around yeah. uh, to uh, bend over backwards to to help them because they're the ones who can bring it all uh, bring peace to the force or defeat the Matrix or defeat Lord Voldemort. They they're the ones who can do it. They're they're meant for great things. You could fantasy fulfill that you're meant for great things. Yeah. And it just doesn't make an interesting characters. Not at all. Not if does... you're just meant to do something. Aye. Doesn't matter what path you follow, that's gonna be where you end up. That's not interesting. It's also not interesting to make the character the most important person. One of the worst, worst things um that this trend has caused was making Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man yeah. a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the point of the character. The character is so obviously, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. He's your everyday man. He's, he's, a, he's a boy man. He doesn't <laughs> always... Spider boy man. <laughs> he doesn't always make the right decision. And he takes an accident and makes it into something um, better. It's espionage. There's spy. Like the new one, it's like... Oh, and Aunt May's a spy and his dad's a spy everybody's spying on everybody and like Spider-Man the, <laughs> the reason like oh, prophecy he was meant to get the Spider-Man powers and you're like this is this is nonsense and so many films do it so many films have this prophecy element um, especially young teen fiction films mm. they always seem to put in a um, prophecy element so that um, which I understand is like the, is a response to the teenage feeling of um, not feeling important and they want that fantasy fulfillment but it just doesn't make compelling characters even remotely Yeah, and it doesn't make Anakin Skywalker compelling because how much more compelling would he be if he would just join the Jedi school like everyone else 
they found out he was um, they just started to find out that he was better than everyone like he was yeah. slightly more powerful than everyone else but he just came up like a normal person mm. and like had a normal like relationship with all the people around him um, because it just really alienates him as a character mm. even just watching the film because everyone's kind of like having to sidestep around he's not he's almost not a character as much as he's this thing he represents this thing that everyone has to deal with yeah like he's the oh, well, i mean the... he's gonna save the day eventually isn't he so we got to do something with ah, him. yeah we've like he almost it's almost like he has to then force himself into every yeah. single um action sequence and scene and everything because oh he's the chosen one we've been looking for all this time who's writing these prophecies do they ever cover that um do they cover it in the matrix or harry potter or is it just oh there's a prophecy like who who was the one who's like tell you what in harry potter they do, do it's they? the um you know oh fuck it's what's her name ah oh, fuck the famous actress who plays she plays the teacher that predicts the futures um right She's in the prisoner of Azkaban and is like, oh, right, okay. you've got the grim. What's the yeah. fuck? I can't. That's going to annoy me. Name, but it doesn't matter. I, it's going to annoy me because she's very Great. famous. Don't let it annoy you. Um, she she makes the prophecy. She makes the prophecy. Um, way back in the day. Way back in the day. Because yeah, because the whole reason Voldemort goes to that house is because the, there's like the boy that's going to kill you. Yeah. He was born on no no no, and it's like. But it's because it's between him and uh, Harry Potter and Neville. Yeah. So um, she makes the prophecy. Uh, I think he takes it more seriously because the prophecy's kind of laughed off for a bit because like she doesn't she kind of is a bit up and down whether she can actually predict the future or not but it turns out she's right the prop she makes I'm pretty sure she makes the prophecy yeah um, Star it, Wars though it's just a thing handed down by the ancient what, the older Jedis that even us even because <laughs> there is because it's so it just comes straight from the Bible because there's so much prophecy like prophets in the old testament that predict jesus is uh coming that that's a good bit of build up in the bible isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got a checkered scan in there he's, the, he's coming <laughs> um so like it's just taken from that but it just doesn't it would it would be okay for one or two films but it happens for so many films mm. um i don't know what it is in the matrix Maybe no, one of the computer programs do it. It's been a long time since I've watched The Matrix. Um, and it, I think that's probably a thing that was explained in the third one or something ridiculous like that. The bad one. I'm going to ask you this question, Scott. Is this going to... Mm, go for it. Who is the protagonist of this film? No one. We already we spoke about this while we were watching it. No one's the protagonist. Because the film's not about Qui-Gon training Anakin or anything like that. He's not even on out to find Anakin. It's not about Anakin becoming a Jedi because he's he doesn't come into the film until about 45 minutes in. And even then, he's a subplot. It's not about Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan spends most of the movie completely removed from the situations. It's not about Amidala because that's a, she's a decoy for most of the film. It's, it's not about anyone, this film. It's just people doing things for no... Well, for reasons that we're kind of a bit shaky on. Um... I think that's probably the film's biggest problem is that there's nobody... Nobody has an arc. Nobody. So there's nobody... Connect, like, nobody comes out of the end of the film changed. And then you can't even say that there's, like... There's not even really an arc for any character across the three films. Because this film's so removed from those other two. No. Like, even Anakin in the ne in the next film is a totally different human being. Aye. 
it's a completely different actor. Like, none of it matters. So there's not even a long-term arc you can follow. It's just people doing stuff because that's what George Lucas wrote. <laughs> it's... The, there is, like... Because I disagree that every film needs a character. It doesn't. So I like that would be my first point um, in the, the, even just a slight defense of it. Um, it doesn't all. Because like, if you've got a film set in this kind of universe, yeah, where because all we need, I think every fucking problem could be resolved if, in amongst all this fucking space babble political talk, if there was just one character to just be like, sorry, what, what? What's every? What does that mean? And then Qui Gon's like, "Oh yeah, in layman's terms, it means this." And you're like, "Cool, I'm up to fucking character. speed." That's. But there's no. Anakin could have easily been that character, but he's a child, so he's not involved in any of the heavy political no. stuff. But all the other characters know what they're fucking talking about, so no one stops to explain it to the audience. It's just. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's. Uh, it's a thing that has been said about it, like. Um the prequel lacks a Han Solo character, someone who is allowed, like almost brings a self-awareness to the franchise by being like, ugh, what is all this all about? Mm. Space wizards? What are you talking about, man? That's... <sighs> <sighs> like, they don't, they don't have that character. Everyone's... Everyone's so very serious. Everyone's so in, yeah. completely invested in this um, at universe. Like, they don't have that. And you could have made that the main protagonist. And if you'd made Anakin older, because there was nothing set in stone that Anakin had to be a kid. And as you say, it doesn't make any difference yeah. to the second film that he was a kid. It doesn't make a difference when they found him. They could have made, like, they could have had um, Christian. Um, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. I, I was about to say it backwards. Um, Christian Hayden. <laughs> he was, uh, they could have bought him in the first film and have him found then. And you could just like the tra- Jedi training doesn't take all that long because remember in the fir- in the fir- original trilogy, uh, Luke Skywalker was a Jedi by the end of it, and yeah. he wasn't found as a kid. Yeah, you could have brought in someone Luke Skywalker's age in the orig- uh, prequel trilogy, and then had him across all uh-huh. three films. Um, you could have done that, and he could have been completely unaware of like how all of the political stuff works because he's a slave on taboo and like he doesn't understand all this he's not meant to understand it all and then he's brought into this world and yeah we would have given us someone to relate to and then it would have given the film a protagonist and it could even had an arc he could have even been slightly um more unsure but he they could have focused more on him not wanting to abandon his mum um because that is severely lacking in this film. Anakin Skywalker and his relationship with his mother. Does it matter? Yes. Because when you watch the rest of the prequel yeah. trilogy, that's the reason he turns bad. Mm. It's because he loses his mum. Like, if you say this film's pointless, it even misses that opportunity mm. to develop the serious relationship. Mm. They're kind of so, their relationship is the uh, word we, you've already used, sterile. Mm. Like, it's so nothing like they, they it's a very basic relationship between a boy and his mother oh don't go killing yourself in that pod race oh, i guess you're going to it anyway uh yeah you're made, meant for great things anakin yeah bye see you later yeah like it's so you could have had so much opportunity to build like if anakin was the protagonist to build a relationship with his mother and that be something that was that then when you when she dies in the second film you really felt it. 
mm. you would like that would have been a huge thing because they don't even develop the relationship between him and the queen it's not in no again, really. they're an important relationship yeah. as well because he but they just kind of like they have a little bit of banner they have a little bit he of is about 12 years old so all right but like they don't obviously because of the weird age gap. i mean this is another thing if you'd made if you bought um him in at the older age that age gap yeah. wouldn't have been as weird it's strange um but also like even if you didn't even if you had to bring in them as a kid you could have like had interactions not necessarily romantic interactions but interactions nonetheless that would have made a difference because in the beginning of the second film if i recall it's a big deal because that he hasn't seen her for a long time and then it's like oh you've changed you've changed um it's it feels like between them you can feel that it's like well you're supposed to feel that it's a big deal but it would have been a bigger deal if they actually wisely used the first film building that friendship yeah or even the relationship between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because that's an important relationship. The, the trilogy is supposed to explore them as friends. The That's pretty much the whole reason to make the prequel trilogy. And it's all trilogy. said off screen. It's all, it all happens on screen. Because that's one of the, only, the re- only relationships you f- kind of know about in the original trilogy. Is that Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi used to be really good friends. Yeah. And for the most part of this film, Obi-Wan Kenobi is sat somewhere else doing nothing. Um, so you're like, that's an important relationship. Well, maybe it, like the relationship of uh, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi is explored through um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's relationship with his master. No, it's not! Because Obi-Wan Kenobi's barely there, so he doesn't get to interact with his master much. And if they interacted, maybe that then um, you would understand Obi-Wan Kenobi as a master of Anakin Skywalker yeah. through his interaction um, with his master. And then also it would give his master's death more meaning. It doesn't. No one has a relationship. Everyone just talks blankly at each other, doesn't really care. Even when they're in trouble, they don't really react to it yeah. much. Everyone's relation is sterile. Who, the, who cares about anything in this? They could have even used the time to make Anakin Walker, Anakin Skywalker have a relationship with Jar Jar Binks. At least that would have given Jar Jar Binks character. Because Jar Jar, Bank, Jar Jar Binks stays over the trilogy. So even giving him a relationship with Jar Jar Binks would have been something interesting that they could have explored then in the third one. Even mm. if he's not a good character. If you had to have him in it, you could have used him for something. But no one has any interaction with each other. And it's so awful to watch. Yeah. Can we just get a timestamp on that rant? And how long it lasted? I think I counted about four minutes and 20 seconds but when i'm editing it i'm gonna i'm gonna figure it out exactly what it was that um, was uh, that was extraordinary it it's it's it it makes like because obviously in story-wise the first one's pointless but it just makes everything about the first one yeah pointless. and maybe that's why i hate it the most is that there's no purpose yeah in it. i'll give you that definitely i'm starting to de- like when we started watching it it had been years since I'd seen any of the prequels. And I always just had this opinion of like, I think The Phantom Menace is the most tolerable one. But even as we were watching it, I was like, ah, I've got, I've got struggling, struggling. The main thing I always used to defend it by was at least things felt a bit more practical in this movie. In terms of filmmaking. Than yeah. the other ones did. But even watching it now, I'm like, no, I'm not so sure anymore. And I think the reason for that is because we talked about that, like, this one was shot on film. Hmm. Whereas 
Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith are filmed digitally. So I think the CGI stands out a lot more in 2 and 3 than it does in the first one. So things feel a bit more real. I think it was just made a little bit more difficult to work out when you were in a CGI room and when you were in a real set as opposed to the other two where it's kind of very blatantly obvious. But it does seem like there's a few points in this movie where when they're in the woods, they're actually in the woods. There's just so much CGI stuff going on around them that it just doesn't feel like a real place ah, anymore. Cartoonifies the whole thing. There's somewhat, but he makes some odd choices. Like he, uh, with the the pod, the pod racers. Like all of them could have, apart from maybe Sabulba, he's quite a complex design. But you look at every single one of them, and you're like, well, these could have all been costumes. Hmm. But like one of them's a costume. It's like a guy who's got like a big long duck bill thing with spikes on it. That's a costume. But then the other ones that one of them that even just looks like a human, that's a CG character, and it's just odd. It's odd choices that he made. Um, like same the bit in the there was a bit in on Tatooine, when Jar Jar Binks tries to steal. I don't, I don't think it's a chicken, some kind of space chicken. <laughs> and the, the chef starts shouting at them, and the chef is just a guy in a costume. And it's so jarring almost a little bit to see that. Jar Jar Binks. It's Jar Jar Binks. What? <laughs> I, um, I do understand the uh, the CGI, is, especially because Star Wars was such a practical, the original was such a practical thing. And obviously practical, it was practical because of its circumstances. It was made in the 70s. It all had to be practical. But like it's so... Um, <laughs> It's so, like it is such a shame to see it devolve into just being cartoony kind of practical mess. Uh, I don't think it's the fundamental problem with the prequel trilogy. It's just kind of a thing. it just adds to that sterile nature. I uh, it kind of it adds it just adds to the list of problems. If it was at least a compelling story, I feel like I could be forgiven of the CGI. Because it was yeah. the 90s, it had to be developed, and this was a big budget film that came along and tried to develop the CGI. And if it was um, made now, the CGI would probably be the least of its problems. Mm. Uh, like if the prequel trilogy was yeah. made now. I know Star Wars films are being made now, but if the prequel trilogy was being Aren't made they now. just... Um, Sick of bloody hearing about it, man. <laughs> so like, Whoa. it's um, it's kind of, it's just kind of the, the, the time it was made mm. is its most crying about CGI and it's a shame that George Lucas who had clearly so much control wouldn't have used that control to try and make it as convincing as possible yeah. especially because his buddy Spielberg was fucking nailing CGI in Jurassic yeah. Park across the studio like across the lot <laughs> I, he was fucking nailing it with the mix just like George R. George R. Lucas <laughs> George Lucas is walking to work and he's like he sees Steven across the way he's like you right, Steven he's like Right, George, how's your space film going? He's like, yeah, it's, it's going well. How's how's your dinosaur thing going? And then like, you just see the like the Tyrannosaurus, just like the model of it, roll into the lot. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's like, yeah, it's going pretty well. I know those movies were like four years apart, but <laughs> uh, we well, did the second one, didn't he? Spielberg. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But I think the first one was like ninety three, and yeah, the second yeah, one's okay. like ninety seven. <laughs> so it doesn't really work. <laughs> um, uh, my fantasy. I think just yeah. I mean, it. I think I would need to see two and three again. Hmm. 
it's been so long and i think i just held that opinion since i made it in like 2008 or something <laughs> like um there's a couple other mo- there's one thing i always have liked i don't i'm not a, i'm not crazy about the final lightsaber fight because it is just three people fighting about a thing we're not really sure what's happening mm. but look at how fast they're fighting Ooh. but i do like when the red shield thing shut and fucking Qui-Gon Jinn sits down and starts meditating Darth Maul's like pacing back and forth like amping himself the fuck up and it is kind of that I do like that they 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 get that interaction right of how they both gain power Hmm. from the force it's like one's from peace and meditation the other's from anger I like that bit but that's a bit in a two. <laughs> two it's a it's a movie. subtle character part, and you like it because it's pretty much the only, only one. Bit, um, there's anyway. not much to like. There's not even in terms of like just how the characters act. They all most of them walking down corridors, yeah. and you can barely tell that sort of sequences apart. There's not much in like the characters' uh, body language that um, nothing. That's thing. Even like I'd be fine if this was a heavy heavily spoken film if anyone just enunciated or like used some expression or emotion but everyone just delivers their lines to one another in such a dull tone and everyone's just well obi-wan you have to trust your feelings because if you don't trust your feelings then you'll be you won't it won't be good for you <laughs> like nobody's just no. nobody's fucking putting any emotion into anything Say what, fucking at least the kids like. At least he's a bit excited about Aye. stuff. <laughs> I don't think um, he's the the worst child actor. He does like in this film. I think, so. he's, I think he's, it's he's... so fucking unjustified that people just kind of ruin his life. Aye. It's that fucking typical neck beard shit of like, this guy ruined a movie that I'm supposed to love. It's like mm. let's just ruin his life. He, Fuck off. Like, cause if you as a kid actor, he's also in Jingle All the Way, and he's. He's fine it's in jungle all the way. Like he's he's a he's as a kid actors go, he's probably not meant for a Star Wars film. He's probably more meant for um something like Jingle All the Way or Home Alone yeah, or something. He's more, exp- more he's quite a charismatic kid actor. Yeah. He's just he's in a bad film with a bad director who's yeah. he's absolutely he's trying his fucking hardest. Um probably, yeah. as you say, one of the ones who animates the dialogue a little more than the rest of them. Yeah. Pod race is also great. Say we will about the rest of the movie. And I know it doesn't matter, the pod race, <laughs> but it's great. I was genuinely watching it because I hadn't seen it in so long. I was like, there was parts where I was on edge watching that pod race. I like I like the designs of the pod. I like that they're kind of told together by rope and kind of yeah. flimsy. You can feel how flimsy the yeah. pods are, um, which separates it from the, the Trade Federation's... Mm-hmm. Uh, starships that come from yeah. uh, it separates it from that by being flimsy and the, the ropes come apart and it feels very much like it feels like if you were in the Star Wars universe you could make that in your yeah. backyard if you were on a, a what is effectively a slave planet mm. that would be the kind of things they'd be making ah you you could do that from an old rocket from a spaceship yeah. and attach it to rope to yeah. a, like a point I feel like the designs are really really cool in that respect but you're gonna say you don't like the actual race sequence? I I don't know. It's um, so good, Danny. Come my, on. My pro- I think it does visually look good. It obviously is how pointless it is. You're not really invested. Mm. You're not really hundred percent sure why. Because you're like, I know they need the part so that they can get on the spaceship and get out of here. 
But like, I don't feel any urgency in. Almost that. feels like a climax of a film. The pot, like everything builds up to the pot yeah. race, but then this film still has another hour to go. Aye, um, but d- d- not even when he's trying to, re- you know, like when he's trying to repair the. Yeah, yeah, you feel some tension in there. I did feel I was on edge, and then you know, there's the bits where he's fucking. They're coming over the cliff and he jumps across the other pod racer and the bit when he goes up really high. This sounds like a small child describing it. But <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoy the pod race. Uh-huh. I'll, out of that whole two and a bit hour movie, I'll take that. Uh, well, it, it's probably the like the highlight of the film. It's definitely the highlight of the film. It's um, the only bit where you actually feel some exhilaration. Because watching the lightsaber fight, they don't even appear to be going for one another. No, it feels they're, very they're, they're aiming for one another's lightsabers, yeah. And you can tell that all the actors know exactly what moves they're supposed to be doing. Hmm. And so it doesn't feel, as opposed to, you know, obviously the older films or Force Awakens, where it's very clunky and very brutal and... Um, you know, the fucking Force Awakens is just a fight in the woods in the snow the Force and it's Awakens. so fucking great the Force Awakens is interesting because it's a lightsaber fight with three people who are not that well trained even Kylo Ren yeah. is not fully lightsaber yeah. trained so like I, I'm looking forward to seeing what in the sort of modern Star Wars films what a real lightsaber fight would look like that'd be interesting whether they would Maybe go for like the happy medium between the energy of the um, prequel and uh, like the groundedness of the original. Yeah. Because, yeah, you don't quite. Because obviously, when Finn and Rey pick up the lightsaber in Force Awakens, they have not a clue what they're doing. They're they're they're, it's very good. It's a great sequence because they're like they're clearly just desperately defending themselves it's also a great life. sequence because you're invested in both those people Aye. well that's that's the problem with the um the lightsaber and the pod cu- uh, race in this film is like uh, you can they both can look pretty and uh, even the uh, the lightsaber battle does look cool it's well choreographed even if it looks choreographed but like who the hell cares when you don't when you don't understand the urgency you don't really you're just you're just watching flashing lights yeah. and you're like who who cares i don't understand why they need to do this now i don't understand why they couldn't just force awakens darth more away and then uh run out run out the other um direction mm. um it just feels it, it feels like oh now we have to do this action sequence yeah. over here do you find the finale jarring Four different endings going on at the same... Well, four different conflicts going on at the same time. Um, With very different tones. Yeah, they are very different tones and very different visuals. Because that's the iconic... Have you have you ever watched the behind the scenes? Of, uh, no, actually, oh, not specifically. Mate, mate, I will show you it when we're done. It's <laughs> fascinating. They go to watch the film, George Lucas and all that. They go to watch the kind of first cut of the film. And as that, sen- that ending's playing... They all realise, including George Lucas, that they've fucked up a bit. And the editor's sitting there and he's he's talking about, he's like, you jump from, you know, you jump from, like, the intense lightsaber fight to comedic with George R. Binks to this kind of wacky adventure with in the spaceship with Anakin. You jump all over the place and, and George Lucas is agreeing, but he's like, we we can't take any of this out now. Because it's also intertwined. There's nothing we can remove. <clears throat> and it's really like 
the red letter media review says it quite well. He says everybody looks like they're about about to start pointing fingers <laughs> and be like, "You're the reason that this is fucked." Um, and it's fascinating, like almost like they knew this. They got to a point where they knew this film was dead on arrival. Aye, <laughs> uh, it's quite bizarre that they keep that in the documentary. Actually, <laughs> I guess well, like some for bad films to do. Like iconically, the uh, DVD commentary of Batman and Robin is the director Joe um, Joe Schumacher. Yeah. yeah, Joe Schumacher. He starts off defensive of the film and then ends up kind of just apologising for yeah. it. Um, like so it's it, it does happen in a few of the films uh, I, I think have... the one moment it's most jarring is when you go from uh, Darth Maul and Qui-Gon kind of facing off like between that red wall to this one crazy comedic sequence this really slapsticky moment with Jar Jar and he's juggling the bomb and he's on the nozzle of the tank and it's all wacky crazy and you're like Bleh. and that was probably the most jarring one going from a really really intense moment and you're like oh fuck when this like red wall goes down we're in for some shit hmm. but first we gotta watch Jar Jar muck about for a while it kills the tension it kills the tension majorly like it kills it um, yeah for the, in terms of tone because it is free like even the Jake Lloyd is kind of on this almost um, almost 80s film vibe of like a yeah. kid he's, he's gonna destroy like mm. fighting all the stuff um, and it's so it's hard to take any of it that's I mean, probably the most kind of old school Spielberg-y kind of aye. tone of the film yeah um, but like Maybe my fundamental problem with that argument is just like, I feel like none of it has any tension to begin mm. with anyway. That lightsaber battle, because you don't really understand, like, because you're not fully invested in what's happening. You know, I don't yeah, have just, sense like, any Darth, urgency Darth in Maul. any of it. Yeah, it's, everybody's always like, he's, a, he's such a cool character. And I'm like, yeah, I mean. He's a cool character design. He's a good look. Yeah, which is what I say for most of this film. Ah, is, is that it looks cool. But there's no, there's nothing below that surface level compliment. No, everyone, everything's designed awesome. But then, so is Avatar. Yeah, and Avatar was hard to watch. I like Avatar. I think Avatar's too. Long I do a... get it. Yeah, I get. I one hundred percent get it. But and I haven't seen it in a few years. But I enjoy watching that movie. I, I Avatar is not. It's not obviously as bad as Phantom Menace. It's a too long a film for such a weak story. That's yeah. Avatar's problem. Yeah. Like, if you stayed simple with the story but kept it shorter, I would have enjoyed it more. Mm. But they didn't have anything to go by, and they then made it far too long. Yeah, but Danny, are you excited to see four more? Yeah, I'll bet you are. Even I'm not excited to see four more, and I quite like Avatar. (laughs) Four films back to back. I have the director's cut on Blu-ray, Danny. Do you? Yeah. Is the director's cut any different? Uh, Nah, it's like three minutes longer. That's worse. But... I got suckered in. I was a young boy. I think Aye. I was still in school at the time. How important do you think the prequel trilogy will be moving on with all of these Star Wars films? Do you think they're going to go back to it? Do you think they're going to try and retcon it? Do you think they're going to try and slowly dilute it until it's probably like the most obscure Star Wars film ever? What? Do you, what? How? In what is the stance? What is the future stance of these prequel trilogy? Right now, my current opinion is this it could change is so they did Rogue One yes which is a prequel Rogue One is fine it is the mo. it is the definition of the word fine 
It's a fine movie. It ticks all the boxes for all the fucking Star Wars nerds just wanking over Star Wars. Ticks all those boxes, mate. But it's set literally within minutes of that original trilogy. And everybody loves it. Well, all the fan kind of people love it because it's got the stuff they like. It's got the TIE Fighters and it's got the Star Destroyers and it's got Darth Vader and... And so, so that's the one part. That's the one. That's the bit everybody loves. Force Awakens and that kind of trilogy going forward is different, but it's still very similar. You've still got your Star Destroyers, you've still got your TIE Fighters, so there's all that. So they could do a movie in the prequels, but they won't because nobody liked the prequels. Even though, again, the world of the prequels is not the issue, it's the story. But they won't do that because that's, that's bad for business. So what they could do is they could make they could make a film set in an entirely new part of the universe. But then you'll have people being like, well, this isn't a Star Wars movie. It's not a Star Wars movie. So you can't really win with that either. So all I think you can really win with, with Star Wars, is just keeping it in that bubble of the original trilogy. And that's why I think this fucking movie a year bullshit is not going to work. And it's going to dry up real fucking quickly and people are going to lose interest real fucking quickly and i want to be wrong but that's just the way people seem to react to things it's like people always love to complain like or people so with the force awakens it's like oh it's too similar to a new hope it's too similar but then everybody's complaint a lot of the times people's complaints with the prequels we even said it ourselves it's like well this doesn't feel like star wars i don't know what this is so it's like you can't really win unless you keep it in that one tiny bubble of that whatever eight or so years that the star wars trilogy is set over and i just i don't fucking care about young han solo i don't give a flying fuck how they stole the death star plans i don't not really all that interested in Boba Fett movies or anything. I just don't... I don't care. And I would love to see them set a movie in the prequel universe. But at least for the next few years, until they're well and truly clear of the Lucas stuff, it's not going to happen. I'm sick of fucking Star Wars. I'm sick of hearing it every day I hear about Star Wars. I'm so done with it. <laughs> it's only been two movies! And I even like one of them! <laughs> Do you think for the sake of Star Wars' future, they should start setting stuff in the prequels? I think they... I think if they if they want to make this movie a year thing, they're going to have to. Yeah. They can't set everything in that little window. Aye. Folk will get so sick of it. And how many fucking stories can you tell centred around the, that a small cast. section of time? Because the, yeah. problem, the problem really is the spin-off films. Because if they did one every two years and it was continuing the story like the episodic ones do, then you could eventually start adapting what it means to be a Star Wars film. Like, they they already started in The Force Awakens by focusing it on different characters. Mm -hmm. The old characters are there, so you still feel like it's Mm -hmm. a Star Wars film, but you've got new characters. And then they could carry on introducing maybe new technology because it's the future, so they could go, oh, well, now we've invented this thing and this thing, and we can start to move away from what the original Star Wars trilogy and start adapting. But the spin-off films have to be... Because it doesn't feel like they're going to anytime soon give, like, Oscar Isaac a spin-off film. Yeah. Like, because with how much of he was in The Force Awakens, 
maybe that would be a cool thing to do is give him a spin-off film at his own adventure based on his character mm. with more screen time but like they're not doing that they're films that every single one that's been rumored has been set in that time yeah. period and like either a, a like a set during the star wars uh, original story or as a very very just before it prequel mm. like say the young han solo and uh, rogue one so like the spin-off films are the fundamental yeah. problem with um the star wars setting so it's them that would have to if they really had to keep doing that it would be them that would have to go and experiment by making going into the prequel films mm. or maybe experiment by trying a new genre mm. like maybe even something a bit out, outlandish to try and make it different star wars rom-com star wars rom-com star wars the musical star wars the musical just it just it, like i said it, it's fine for just now because you know they've got a whole new they've got this world to explore but it's it's gonna, gonna dry, dry up there's no spin-off films will dry if it up. doesn't dry up people will get sick of it because my big problem the reason i'm sick of it was like star wars used to be just this incredible magical fucking thing that just everybody loved and you don't no one's really 100 percent on why it's as good as it is but it just is and it's just this fucking great phenomenon and now we've just got one a year so that thing that was once really magical because there was so little of it is now just going to become oversaturated and it's just going to become star wars is just going to become another thing as opposed to like holy fuck the new fucking star wars movie oh my god we're going to see it we're going to see it soon it's going to be like Oh yeah, and we've got another Star Wars movie this year. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Boring. Rubbish. Part of the furniture. Even fucking, like, the James Bond movies. You don't, like, granted they're all kind of different things, but, like, at least the James Bond movies, they just make them when they make them. Mm. It's not like, we've got to do one a year. They just make James Bond movies when they fucking feel like making a James Bond movie. And it's not, you don't come out of Casino Royale being like, oh, well, don't worry, because on September 26th, 2012 we get to see the next one and i know exactly what day we're gonna get to see it like you know what i mean just stop scheduling everyone. I didn't, one like, of the interesting things i didn't realize until recently is that the han solo film next year isn't planned for december it's planned for may oh so you get episode eight so in december this get, year that's like so little breathing room hi thing is i don't it's not even like you just you could just not see it <laughs> but that would that wouldn't stop the endless fucking bombardment. Uh, no, of no, no. Shit. Like if you if you spend a second on the internet, you will hear about Star Wars. I've never been more disappointed with the internet than when the title for the Star Wars Episode Eight came out, and I was like, I just wanted to, I just wanted to find some sort of way to talk to the whole internet and be like, look at yourselves. <laughs> would you just look at yourselves? Like you're fucking debating a title sit down <laughs> it's because the thing about the title for episode eight is it's not even like it gives any story yeah if it was like um star wars episode eight the return of darth vader you'd be like oh whoa yeah oh hang on hold, yeah. hold the bus hold yeah. the bus but like it's the last <laughs> the, Jedi. The star wars episode eight darth vader's in this one <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Star Wars Episode 8 <laughs> Darth Vader's in this one and he comes back 
by being resurrected, which is a thing that we do now. And also, Luke Skywalker's not really happy about it. And come along, actually, you should it's check it out title. because I think we're going to be really, really, really good. And uh, I like, I'm, I'm really invested in this one. I'm the director, by the way, just in case you were wondering. That's that's the opening crawl, <laughs> you know itself. Um, Star Wars Episode Eight. You done with this yet? <laughs> we still good. We still all right. We got another. Right. We got another few in us yet. Yeah, fuck Star Wars, man, and fuck the internet. Hey, everybody, welcome back to nnnn.com. Like today, we're going to be talking about what is it plural? What is it? What does the last Jedi mean? Is it plural? Fuck off. Just fuck off. So done with it. I'm just going to go live in a fucking cave or the woods, maybe. I could just avoid all this, but it's so hard. It's hard. It's impossible to avoid it. Mm. That's why I just stopped watching those kind of, like, well, I never really watched those videos to begin with, but if you are out there and you watch those kind of videos, fuck you. Stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> oh, great. We've lost two thirds of the. They're the fucking, they're the, the leeches. Of the, the only reason their videos are fucking 14 minutes long or whatever is because they get more ad revenue the longer you watch. Mm. Stop fucking watching their garbage. Anyway, that was second opinion. <laughs> we love you. Oh, where that went on a weird... I'm sorry. That's fine. It is overexposed. Totally agree. Yeah. Wait, what was I going to do there? Oh, we've just ruined the Memento. <laughs> Momentum? Memento's a good movie. Let's talk about Memento. Do you like Memento? I, I love Memento. Memento's pretty great. Memento's Memento. my favourite Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. What's your... F- yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, it's my favourite Christopher Nolan film by I, far uh, what would be mine I see I'm quite a prestige boy I like the prestige I'm a big prestige man I really like the prestige let's not get into that though let's wrap this up because we've been talking for over an hour um, cool well that's um, I feel like I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say right at the top I don't think we should do this episode two and three. Not anytime soon. Not anytime wanna, soon. I don't want to watch. As the Phantom Menace was my least favorite one, so I feel like at least we're over the hurdle, uh, over the hill in that yeah. sense. But what this isn't going to become a Star Wars podcast. No, no. I've like I've said from the get go, I don't want this to become superhero heavy, and I don't want it to become Star Wars heavy. So far, I think what we've we done, we've done one superhero movie. We did Guardians. Yeah, we did Guardians. Yeah, and then. We discussed, we talked about Star Wars, where basically that whole 10 minute rant I just did, if you want, you can go back a few <laughs> podcasts and listen to a chat about Star Wars where I make the same rant, but it's before Rogue One came out and, and we before, know it's not good. <laughs> before the uh, title of episode eight came yeah, out. Yeah, so I'm not quite as angry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've got movie, we've got a few films in there. We're on bloody iTunes now, mate. That went well. Yeah, we, yeah. That, this is the first. Uh, yeah, this will be the first like proper iTunes. One. I mean, the Great Wall. Great Wall. We still weren't when we recorded that. We weren't on it. So. We weren't on it, but after it was released, when we released it, it was yeah. on iTunes. So That's this is cool. our second episode to be released on iTunes. But like, this is the first one we were aware yeah. it will be. And thanks to everybody who we have a Facebook page now. Yeah, and a Twitter page and a Twitter page. Thanks for everyone who liked the Facebook page. We haven't really pushed the Twitter yet. What's the Twitter? Uh, it's at Second Opinion Pod. They're both at a Second Opinion Pod. That's uh, Second with a two. Okay. Uh, so you can follow us there. Listen to us. We're so fucking professional now. I will. You can follow us there. Um, there. We also have the YouTube channel, Second Opinion, which we which posted, we released on. A, we posted a video? on for the first time in like uh, a year. Um, uh, but it was quite a fun little video we did. Uh, we were unboxing some, some movie merchandise, yeah. some bootleg movie merchandise. Uh, uh, but yeah. 
we won't ram that shit down your throat but thanks to everyone who's listening I've got a few texts this week we've got a few reviews on iTunes and stuff I'm excited to read those yeah. I've, got, I've got a few texts from people this week who've been like hey man I've been listening to your podcast it's real, it's real good shout out to Scott McEwen I know he listens I, 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 I like I whisper to him you don't know him but whisper whisper Scott what's his McEwen. name again Scott McEwen Scott McEwen this is a second opinion exclusive. If you want me to whisper down the mic, let me know. Uh, tweet us. <laughs> if you would like tweet that. us, uh, Facebook us, uh, shout at me in real life. If you would like an exclusive whisper, <laughs> tweet us. But yeah, hey Scott McEwen, I hope you're having a nice time at work. And uh, cool. While, while you're at work, Scott McEwen, I hope you enjoy your J.K. Simmons. Enjoy your J.K. Simmons, mate. Enjoy. Everybody, just enjoy. Go outside. Don't think about Star Wars anymore. <laughs> it's a bad. We. Just talking about Star Wars that whole magical thing we should have just been having a bloody blast talking about Star Wars and instead it sounded like we were dissecting some kind of extreme work of literature <laughs> we're talking about fucking Star Wars that's that's what these movies are like go outside hug a loved one who's outside you outside <laughs> buy some M&M's hug a loved one give you a love, some of your loved ones some, give some M&Ms. of your M&M's not all of them because you bought those with your money yeah, offer them a yellow one and then ask them before they take it if they're Russian or a dragon. dragon. Uh, you, mm. <coughs> cool. Let's go see Logan. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.